I'm Kevin Power, the producer and host of the Sascape podcast, and you're listening to a few highlights from the special Sascapes Present series entitled German Culture Alive, sponsored by the Saskatchewan German Council. These are short clips from my conversations with past guests. Uli Hecker, a retired German language teacher, Amy Jo Amen, a freelance writer and Saskatchewan food historian, Waltraud Steven, a retired university instructor and professional puppeteer, Alvin Knoll, Regina German Club board member, and Mark Turner, CEO of the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra. But first, a word from the Saskatchewan German Council's executive director. Hello, my name is Gabriele Weidelich-Harrison. Geschäftsführerin des Saskatchewan German Council, SGC. Unser Ziel ist es, die deutsche Kultur in Saskatchewan zu fördern und zu feiern. Nicht nur für unsere eigene Gemeinde, sondern für alle Menschen in Saskatchewan und darüber hinaus. Dies erreichen wir unter anderem durch Storytelling, dem Erzählen von Geschichten durch die Menschen, die unsere deutsche Kultur hier am Leben erhalten. Und Podcasts bieten eine beliebte Möglichkeit, diese persönlichen Geschichten zu teilen. Um die Sonderausgabe German Culture Alive zu erstellen, arbeiten wir mit Kevin Power, dem Produzenten und Moderator von Saskscapes Podcast. Im Folgenden findet ihr Highlights aus einigen bereits aufgezeichneten Episoden. Ich hoffe, dass dies euer Interesse für die gesamte Serie wecken wird. Ihr könnt German Culture Alive von der SGC-Webseite streamen oder Saskscapes kostenlos über eure Lieblings-Podcast-App herunterladen. Viel Spaß beim Zuhören! And so the story behind it is that each year in December 6, German and Germans and people in many other countries in Europe remember and honor the life of Nikolaus, we call him Nikolaus, who lived in the 4th century. He lived in Myra, which is a small town, in the now Anatolia region of Turkey. And based on the legend about the Niklas, um, he came from a very rich family, and when his parents died, he inherited a fortune. But instead of using all the money for himself, he decided to help uh, the less fortunate. And up to this day, Nikolaus is remembered for his kindness and generosity and love for children. So what we do in honor of Nikolaus and many other countries throughout the world, we provide children with little gift bags in December on St. Nicholas Day, which is December the 6th. So the tradition is that children have to polish their boots the night before the 6th of December <laughs> and leave them um, at the front step of their house hoping that Nikolaus would come and fill their boots. with little. Usually the tradition is that children would find a piece of fruit in their boot. It's usually an apple or a piece of orange, some chocolate, and uh, sometimes a little coin. And you write in that book that you're, you, whenever you think of apples, you think of your grandma. Mm -hmm. I sure do. I think of my German grandma, Eman, my dad's mom. And growing up on the farm, we had... Mm, Apple trees of various different kinds of apples, crab apples and larger yellow apples, pie apples and plums as well. But I think of my when I think of gardening, I think of my grandma and I think of the apples that uh, she used in cooking. It's just one of those flavors that I think I 
it must have been an early flavor in my mouth as a toddler and I associate it with my grandma applesauce cookies apple cooking um and that sort of thing and even just eating sour apples I'm still such a sourpuss for the, the apples from the farm so i think yeah that's the association i my earliest association with my grandma is garden and and apples cooking with apples you grew up where in germany i grew up in halle anasana which mm -hmm. is a fairly big city in the former center of germany yeah about a hundred kilometers south of Berlin. Yes. And uh, my father was a puppeteer. Mm -hmm. He had hand puppets then. So he was probably your first major artistic well, influence. Well, I grew up among grew puppets. Up right. And, you know, when, when the um, newspaper reporters came and made an interview of him, they always, of course, included the little... Uh -huh. daughter of, of them. I'm an only child. So right. they, it was so cute, you know, a little child between all the puppets. Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up with them. Now, this particular glockenspiel that now sits in uh, Regina, um, do you know when that was built and where? Yes, I do, actually. Uh, the Regina glockenspiel was... Um, if I give you a little bit of history on that, was first uh, investigated back in 1984. And uh, several members of the Regina community, German community here, uh, thought they might partner with um, the multicultural uh, group in Regina here, the Multicultural Society. And uh, they approached each other, or German Society approached them, and they were on board with a glockenspiel being put in Regina. And uh, actually, uh, the actual paperwork started, I believe, in 1984, with a firm in Germany about cost and availability and that sort of thing. This would have been to construct and uh, construct, and um, I'm not sure if, it, if the design came from Germany, but I, I imagine it would have. You know, it uh, would have been with the manufacturer in Germany, and uh, the idea was to get costs in place because it's quite substantial. Like I think there's um, there's. Um, uh, well, there's 23 bells involved in Regina Glockenspiel, so it would take quite a bit of work and ingenuity and, of course, um, structure-wise to maintain that kind of, those type of bells and their weight. So in 1984, it started, and in 1985, it kind of came to fruitation with uh, everybody in Regina being on board uh, to bring this Glockenspiel over to Regina and install it in Victoria Park, which is uh, downtown Regina. Yeah, so so Heinz was a was a fascinating person in in the in the twenties and thirties. I mean, the thirties really. He was he was a young adult. He was beginning his musical uh, career. He was composing quite a lot. There was there was quite a lot of output, um, and and then he was silenced. So the the silencing of Heinz Moon was um, part of what happened in those early days of. Uh, of World War II, pre-World War II, yeah. um, because his music was heavily influenced by uh, the French and American jazz movements. Uh, 
So, so all of a sudden you had these sounds in, in Heinz's music that were just a little bit different um, than, uh, than, you know, listening to it, it's like, well, that's not full on American jazz, but it, it yeah. had the chordal colors and the, and the, the melodic man- manipulations that allowed for it to feel enough like uh, the jazz movement of, of the United States and even the jazz movement of Paris. And so because it was so outside influenced, it was stopped. And so really Heinz composed uh, right up until the early 40s and then and then didn't compose anymore. But he was smart because he he, he turned that into a lifelong career as as an editor. Um, you know, when 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 uh, Johannes brought us these these this opportunity and we I remember Eric and I found our, ourselves at their house looking through these manuscripts on their countertop. Um, you know, the name kept sticking out and then it dawned on us that actually Heinz Moen was one of the uh, seminal uh, editors of Mozart's music. So there is indeed a German presence in the music world and in yes. with, certainly within the orchestra here in Saskatchewan. It's alive and well past and present. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, the music, the, the output of of the german canon is just so incredible um and not just uh, you know not just in terms of of the big names but um but there's there's been such an interesting growth of 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 representation of of music on stages and 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 it's exciting to see that that you know we can pair brand new music alongside uh you know music that 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 Germans first heard uh, listening to, you know, Beethoven for a first time being moved, listening to, to Mozart in the salons. And, and, and uh, it's, it's a cool time to be alive because we have the benefit of all of that incredible music and the benefit of all of this incredible new music, both complementary, both vastly different and vastly the same and, uh, and alive and well today. 